0: What's up guys? Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Football Pod coming at you with our week eleven Thursday night football preview as well as our playoff schedule preview show. Uh, we are basically into the stretch run here at this point, only a few weeks away from the fantasy playoffs. Hopefully you are you know have a decent idea of where you are positioned so you can either plan for next year in your keeper in dynasty leagues or uh, try to trade for your guys to uh, you know to bolster your squad for the playoff run here, Cody. So um, I know you have a little uh, question for me off the jump here about a trade in one of your leagues, so I'm gonna go ahead and throw it to you so you can uh, preview that for us, and i'll and I'll give you my take.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Before I jump into the trade, if you're listening, we much we appreciate it very much. Uh, you know, If you're not already subscribed, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Whatever listening platform, hit that five-star review. I believe on Apple Podcasts, you can actually write out a review, a review now. So if you have the yep. time to do that, please do so. We'd greatly appreciate it. I actually haven't checked. So if someone has, thank you so much. Uh, make sure to tell your friends and family about the podcast. We appreciate it. Uh, but Nick, so this is a trade that went down earlier today in one of my leagues. It's a league where there is a veto rule, Um, just vetoes are allowed in general. Um, In my personal opinion, I don't like vetoes because I think if you are in a, a league that you consider competitive, a veto should never be considered because you should never have to doubt the thought process of other people in your league. Uh, but I want to I read off this trade to you, and I'm going to give you this scenario and kind of you know, let you break it down on what you think, and then we can move on to, to the good stuff. But in my league today, um, a team that is competing for the playoffs traded for Alvin Kamara, which I don't mind. The issue that I have is a team that is solidly in the playoffs traded Alvin Kamara away for Devin Singletary, Kadarius Tony in Kyle Pitts, and the the person who traded for those three has not spent a single dollar of fab. And Pitts was picked up this morning for zero dollars worth of fab, and Tony was picked up two weeks ago for I think three dollars worth of fab. So I just I want to make sure I'm not overreacting. I think it should get vetoed, even though I don't like it because this league does have an issue with the lopsided trades, but. What is your opinion on the trade and the way that I've laid it out for you?
0: So I'm going to need a, just a little bit of context before I give my final ruling here. Uh, yep. Can I get a league size and a scoring format? And then, are we dealing with any sort of keeper situation, or is this just, just a straight redraft?
1: Yep. So it is a one a one person or a one. You get one keeper. You just get to keep them at draft costs. Alvin Kamara okay. for a second round pick. Uh, Pitts, Tony. Like not not that. So big basically, of a difference.
0: basically no keeper.
1: Value. Right, no keeper consideration, really, unless you think Tony's going to turn into something. Um, sure. And then it's it's a full-point PPR league. Ten-team ten league, but it is deep rosters. Uh, two running back, three wide receiver, and two flex on top of a tight end. So plenty of roster space. My issue is the the person that traded for the three not only is solidly in the playoffs, but they had additional draft picks at draft season, and they have a loaded roster. So this – I know this is just out of context. This is just such a one-off. But to me, it just – I don't understand the side that's getting rid of Alvin Kamara. But –
0: I, okay, so I'm going to go ahead and agree with your general point here that I would probably not take this trade, not knowing the full details of these rosters. If you say that one of these rosters, the the one that had Kamara didn't need to make a deal for, you know, extra pieces that are, you know, kind of filling out the back ends and I'll I'll believe you on that. But I don't think it falls into the category of uh, vetoable necessarily. I think vetoes should really just be reserved for obvious collusion and or, you know, Frustrated owners that give up and you know make trades just to you know ruin the ba- the power balance in a league. So I don't think this falls into that category. In my opinion, unfortunately, probably not a good trade. And maybe this is two buddies, uh, you know, doing some you know shenanigans. Uh, but at the same time, I-, I could see this trade two or three weeks from now working out in the favor of the guy that traded for Tony and Singletary just because football is unpredictable. So I I don't think this falls into such a bad category, but I do get where you're coming from. I probably would be slightly frustrated as well.
1: Yeah, it's it's more frustrating for me because I am competing for a playoff spot, and basically a a person who's guaranteed for the playoffs just gave somebody who was competing against me for a playoff spot – A top level player. Um, But like you said, with football, the reason why I'm very anti-vito is if Alvin Kamara gets hurt this upcoming Sunday, this trade looks like a complete win for the other. You just never know what could happen with football. It's literally a car crash on every play for half the positions. So I I agree on that aspect. And like I said, I'm definitely on the side where this is affecting me directly. So I am probably taking it a little bit harder. I appreciate your opinion. It kind of centered me back. I kind of needed that because I was going a little over the top when I saw that one go through so I appreciate
0: it yeah I'd say seven out of ten on the scale of you know bad trades I, I think it has to be nine or a ten for me to even consider using the veto power I think that's just more maybe speaks to my opinion on the veto in general I for just sure. think it should be very
1: very very used very infrequently my, in my opinion day. Uh, sorry. Well one last thing. My only issue, and this is just an issue with this league, the person that traded away Alvin Kamara has a one hundred has their full fab budget left. Could have picked up yeah. Pitts, could have picked up Tony, could have picked up any other player at any point in the season that they wanted to, and they chose to completely ignore the waiver wire. And now they're just making a rash decision because they need players to fill out a roster instead of play like they didn't even try to claim a player today or yesterday. That's where my frustration comes in as well, because it's just like you're not active, so, you do, so you're you making an irrational trade because you haven't been playing waivers. But like I said, I appreciate you. You kind of brought me back to level. We can move into injuries. I just wanted to kind of get a little feedback on that from uh, an outside person that that's not, it's not directly affecting.
0: Yeah, I would definitely agree with your general sentiment, but just doesn't fall quite into the vetoable category for me personally. Even though the trade is probably a win for the guy getting Kamara, uh, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But I would, yeah. you know, probably be frustrated. But I could not go as far to say as that should be vetoed. Um, Let's go ahead and jump into these injuries before we get to our playoff schedule preview. We had uh, one pretty large surprise yesterday, one medium level surprise, and then one not so much uh, surprise as far as guys going on IR. We'll start with the uh, the one that we expected. That's Cooper Cup. He's going to have a, I guess you could call it a minor surgery on his ankle. Uh, but either way, he went under the knife and he is going to be on IR for at least four games. There's a decent chance the Rams shut him down for good, but Uh, As me and Cody discussed before this podcast began, they uh, don't have their first round pick next year. So I think if they're anywhere near playoff contention, they'll bring him back as long as he's healthy. Uh, But smart for the Rams to just put him on uh, put him on IR. Don't even tempt yourself to bring him back two or three weeks from now. Uh, Just make sure he gets 100 percent healthy because you're probably looking to future years uh, if you're L.A., Uh, any other reaction on the Cup or
1: When we were texting about this, you, you really hit something on the head I want to point out. If it is mathematically possible for the Rams to make the playoffs, Cup will come back. It's just in four weeks, if there's zero chance, that's when they would shut Cup down. So if you're Most a likely. Cup manager, even if you are if you don't have an IR or anything, you still have to hold on to them. Because if there's a chance they can make the playoffs, there's no way the defending Super Bowl champion is just going to... Shut down their best player and and coast to you know the off season. So that really rung a bell with me when you said that because I I had a friend that was contemplating just dropping him for someone. And if you have to, that is fantasy football. It is what it is. But at, at any chance possible, I'm holding on to Cooper Cup. Or also what Nick said, if you have someone that thinks he could come back and you can trade him for any kind of startable asset, 100 percent make that move.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Uh, Dallas Goddard also went on IR this one was a bit of a surprise didn't really have any injury designation coming out of last night Uh, he or excuse me on Monday night but he did injure his shoulder left for a little bit came back into the game so definitely a surprise to see him be injured bad enough to have to go on IR I think the Eagles are probably playing it pretty safe with him here again they are worried about the long term being at eight and one Uh, so I think this is kind of a similar situation to the cup one I think Goddard's much more likely to come back this year not as premium of an asset so if you're in a 10 team league you could probably drop him there are probably replaceable tight ends on the uh the wire that you can get get it done with but if you're in any bigger league than that or uh you're maybe locked into a playoff spot already you can probably just go ahead and hang on to goddard in my opinion yep i agree with that Khalil Herbert to IR as well. That hip injury ended up being a little worse than we expected. Uh, this one also pretty surprising, but you know, just not quite the uh, fantasy radar, or not quite as far onto the fantasy radar as Goddard and Cup were. Uh, I think this does does a lot more for David Montgomery. I uh, would call him probably a solid RB two moving forward. We're Most likely expecting 15 to 20 touches from him, a game, and he's going to get some passing work. Wouldn't expect uh, Tristan Ebner to necessarily work in as much as Herbert did or even close to that. So I think he's worth a pickup as a handcuff if you're in the deep league. But uh, I think this just gives you more confidence in David Montgomery than anything else. You could probably drop Khalil Herbert in anything other than a dynasty format.
1: I agree with that as well.
0: Mark Andrews and Ezekiel Elliott practiced on Wednesday in a limited fashion. Uh, That's good news for Mark Andrews especially. Zeke did practice in a limited fashion all week last week uh, leading up to the game, so it doesn't tell us anything necessarily, but... Hopefully uh, both of those guys can get back on the field. And then Marquise Brown, his practice window opened. They have not ruled him out for Monday night's game. So if he's uh, out there in your league, definitely go scoop him up. But uh, just, just something to monitor here. If he comes back on Monday night, it'll be interesting to see how him, Rondell Moore, and DeAndre Hopkins operate in this offense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you're in a shallower league though, where Marquise Brown may have been dropped uh, when he went to IR, I would definitely just double-check, make sure he's not out there on waivers. Um I'm, I'm a little bit more excited about his comeback now that Zach Ertz is out rest of season. That kind of keeps their pass-catching options at three. Um, but, you know, high-value pass-catching options, you know, probably just um, DeAndre Hopkins and then Brown and Rondell Moore. Maybe a little boom-bust, but I think he's still worth it if he is out there for uh, for free for you. So just double-check on that just in case
0: so uh, we're gonna get into a little bit of a playoff schedule preview here. I want to highlight one guy uh, from each position that has both a good matchup uh, matchup slate in the playoff schedule and uh, one guy from each position that has some bad matchups. So if you're looking to uh, trade for a guy, maybe you're uh, you know a seven and three or you know seven and three eight and two type of team you're locked into the playoffs. If you want to trade one for one for, you know, maybe a quarterback that's just as good as one of these guys, then uh, it, you might be want to make a lateral move to get somebody that has a better playoff schedule than whoever you have on your team. So Absolutely. our first guy up here is Joe Burrow, uh, quarterbacks under the good matchup section here. This one may be a little controversial, honestly. Uh, it was really tough finding quarterbacks that had good matchups for you know two out of these three weeks i think a lot of the uh, the better matchups are with the you know less fantasy relevant quarterbacks but uh, this one kind of stuck out to me because of his week 17 uh, so our, we're going to run through week 14 15 16 17 for these guys those are the weeks we were looking at burrow plays cleveland at home at Tampa Bay, at New England, and Buffalo at home in Week 17. So on on paper, this does not look like the best best matchup slate, but uh, at Tampa Bay in Week 15, I actually like quite a bit. Tampa Bay has a pass-funnel defense they have for the past year and a half. Uh, They are very tough to run against, especially now that they're healthy. They should be able to put up some points now that the offense is figuring it out, so that could be a game where Joe Burrow is asked to do quite a bit. Uh, At New England's the only one that is going to be tough here. Uh, Not a great matchup on paper, and we don't like the game script in that game. Just New England's offense, not great. Probably doesn't pressure them to put up points. But if you can make it through that one, Week 17 versus Buffalo is a matchup I'm really trying to target right now. I think these two teams are just both very good offenses. We've seen Buffalo's defense has gotten beat up throughout the year. They're not nearly as good as they were to start. And uh, I could see this game just shooting out because we have two elite quarterbacks, and these could be two teams that are positioning themselves for uh, playoff seeding at this point as well. So, I, I just really like the the chance this game goes thirty-five thirty. And you know, this is when you're looking at week seventeen, you gotta you gotta pick your games and write your script. And I, I just believe that Cincinnati and Buffalo are two very elite teams could have a big shootout there.
1: Okay. Yep. I was uh, very curious when you put Joe Burrow down here as your uh, quarterback with good matchups, but I appreciate you kind of uh, laying that out. That actually does make sense. Tampa Bay is not as bad as I, you know, when you think of Tampa Bay and their defense, you kind of just think back to just, you know, a year and a half ago when they were absolutely elite and they're not really at that point anymore. New England is a little bit scary, but I mean Joe Burrow is a good enough quarterback that if there's any kind of pressure from New England, he's still going to perform. And I like your I like your take with Buffalo. So um, I think if you're someone like Nick who has faith in Joe Burrow and thinks that he can do well in in those matchups, use those matchups to your advantage. And if you're going to get him off of another playoff kind of roster. Just be like, look, do you want to play Joe Burrow against New England, against Tampa Bay, against Buffalo? And if they're not as on top of it as you are, then they may be like, okay, he's not as valuable as I think he is. So um, I'm not as privy to those matchups as Nick is, but if you do like Joe Burrow, I think you can use those matchups to kind of get a little bit of a value on him.
0: Yeah, like you said, I think other people might not value these matchups the same way that necessarily I would or yeah. if you like to listen to my advice you would. So, uh, this is not somebody you would have to trade too, you know, too highly on right now necessarily. Uh, our next guy, this is going to be a hard guy to trade for. His value is pretty high right now. It's basically, you know, what you would probably expect it to be going into the year. That's Derrick Henry, but his matchup his matchups speak for themselves. I don't really have to lay out any sort of case here. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and read them off and kind of let them uh, do the talking here. So we're going to start from week 14. He goes Jacksonville at home. We like that one quite a bit. Week 15 at the Chargers, one of the worst run defenses in the league. Week 16 versus Houston, Derrick Henry currently has a four game streak of 200 yard rushing and two touchdown games versus Houston, so we like that one a lot. And then week 17 versus Dallas might have looked a lot tougher a couple weeks ago, but they have given up 200 plus rushing yards in two straight games. Looks like uh, a bit of a weakness may have been exposed in this defense. So uh, if you can, you know, go get Henry even at cost, if you're not paying, you know, just. Such an exorbitant price that your whole team is, you know, kind of shot. I think I might try to go one for one for Henry for somebody, you know, like a Joe Mixon, maybe trading high on his last week. Go Joe Mixon, give up maybe a bench level, flex level asset and trade up to Derrick Henry. You may reap the rewards here during the playoffs.
1: Yeah, that matchup's, those matchups are amazing. So if you are, if you don't have Derrick Henry and you are basically already secured for the playoffs, I would give up uh, even a one-for-one for, one for your RB1, depending on who that is. You know, To a certain extent, I would definitely consider it. The Joe Mixon example is wonderful. If you have him, pair him with a lower-level player. Go get Derrick Henry. Um, I actually do have a running back I do want to highlight here. I don't have Week 14, but from Week 15 on, Ramondre Stevenson is at Las Vegas, plays Cincinnati in Week 16, which I don't love but I don't hate. And then Week 17 is against, is against Miami. Um, I, I just, I personally like all of those matchups, uh, since he's a little bit sketchy for me, but overall, I don't think Stevenson's value is extremely high. I think you can get him for a good price in most situations. So, um, you know, if you are, look, my only concern with Stevenson is just, I want to see what happens when Harris gets healthy. So maybe not making this move right now, but he's definitely someone to keep in the back of your mind, especially as, uh, you know, uh, trade deadlines are coming up here soon.
0: Yeah, I uh, I like those matchups quite a bit. Vegas, one of the worst defenses in the league, maybe the worst. So that one's pretty easy to explain. And then uh, the next two, just like the scoring atmosphere there, yep. should have to score some points against Cincinnati. And then Miami's defense has been very very bad, especially recently. They have gotten very beaten up. And again, the, the Patriots should have to put up some points. And these defenses aren't scaring you off of you uh, off of this uh, you know this player whatsoever. So good call on Ramondre Stevenson. Let's get to my wide receiver, um, and this one I actually like quite a bit because you're looking at somewhat of a buy low right now as well. I was disappointed to see his quarterback did not change this week. Hopefully that happens at some point in the future. That would even raise his uh, ceiling a little bit more. But that this this player is Chris Olave. Uh, let's just run through the schedule real quick, and then I'll kind of get into uh, my points on him. So week 14, he does have a bye. You might want to be, uh, you know, secure in your playoff position if you have Chris Olave, because you won't be able to use him the week before your playoff start. But. Uh, week 15, he comes back versus Atlanta. That one is pretty self-explanatory. Week 16 at Cleveland, they have been a pretty easy matchup, especially in the secondary all year. And then Week 17 at Philly is your tough one there. So Chris Olave is going to help you get to the championship, and then you might have uh, some struggles after that. But we've seen the Philadelphia defense springing some leaks, uh, you know, the past few weeks. And this is the other part of the uh, the equation here against these better teams. You'd have you'd have to figure Olave is going to get quite a few targets in that game, whether or not, you know, that's a tough matchup. We saw Terry McLaurin overcome it. I think Chris Olave might be able to do the same thing and he'll get plenty of opportunity to do so in a game. I would imagine this, uh, the saints are trailing most of the time.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you can sign me up to be in, you know, be alive in the championship week of every single one of my leagues, I'd do it right now. So that, that week 17 matchup, and I would say even any of these that have a rough week 17 matchup that we're recommending. I'm not as worried about that. If you get to that championship match, you know, I mean, you are you're doing better than, you know, everybody else besides one other guy in your league. So, and then you never know what can happen. Philadelphia has been exactly. a tough matchup, but week 17, they may have the number 1 seed wrapped up. We'll see what happens with Minnesota if they can just keep reeling off wins and We'll see what happens with Philly, but there's a chance that the Philadelphia may just not be up for, you know, uh, New Orleans coming to Philadelphia that week, and they may give up a touchdown or two to Chris Olave, so I think that's a that's a stellar pick right there, and um, you know, he may be a little bit tougher in a keeper league, just because he probably has some good keeper value, but in straight redraft, sure. I think you can get him for a good price for sure. Um, yep. My guy right here, I'm again, I did not grab week 14 data, so my bad on that part. But I like Gabe Davis's playoff matchups. Um, specifically, I do like I would also like Stefan Diggs, but obviously when you're trading for that level of a player, you're not worried about the matchup. But with Gabe Davis yeah. in particularly, week 15, they play Miami in Buffalo. Week 16's at Chicago, week 17 at Cincinnati. My only concern with this is that they are playing a lot of cold weather games in the playoffs, but you do have Josh Allen as your quarterback, so that, you know, kind of negates out those. Besides, if you take that out of the factor, you know, three really juicy matchups going into the playoffs. So I think Davis is a good pickup as your wide receiver two slash flex option if you can go get him. And like I said, if you can go get Stephon Diggs without giving up absolutely every you know, good player on your team, I would recommend Diggs as well. He's just going to probably be impossible to get.
0: Yeah, I like that call on Diggs. Uh, Diggs and Allen, obviously, I considered in both of these categories as well. But like you said, they're probably just it's, – it's a little bit too obvious, and you're going to have to pay too high of a price for it to be really worth it to go trade for those guys. Uh, but, yeah, good call on Gabe Davis. This matchup sl- slate kind of speaks for itself. Uh, Chicago has a great offense now and a bad defense. Cincinnati has a beatable defense and a great offense. I just mentioned how I really want to target that matchup. And then Miami is uh, kind of the same boat. So all of these games – Profile as high-scoring affairs. Gabe Davis should be pretty necessary. For sure. Okay, let's get into the bad matchups here. Uh, my first one here I want to highlight is Kyler Murray, and this is another one where the schedule really just speaks for itself. Um, we're going to go uh, starting at Week 14 for Kyler Murray. So week leading into the playoffs versus New England. Uh, that's not even that's not a horrible matchup to be honest, but it's just uh, you know it's probably below average from what you'd expect for a quarterback. But then it gets tough. Uh, we are at Denver. That is the worst matchup on the slate that you can have. You really do not want to be playing Denver because we are the worst, uh, the worst, uh, the worst offense in the league and the best defense. That is the exact opposite of what you want from a fantasy game script. So, at Denver, worst matchup on the slate. You want to avoid anybody playing Denver in these weeks. Uh, week 16 versus Tampa. This might be a little counterintuitive because I just, uh, you know, I just recommended targeting them when it came to Joe Burrow. But with Kyler Murray, uh, this offensive line has had a lot of struggles. I feel like Tampa's front seven might kind of ruin this game for Kyler Murray. Uh, and even if he doesn't uh i think that denver matchup just scares me off of having uh murray especially in a your first round of your playoffs week 17 if you can get there he's at atlanta so we like that quite a bit but uh that that denver game and that new england game leading into our semifinal and final matchups just scares me off of kyler murray you might want to try to trade him for a joe burrow maybe add something in to get that done
1: yeah i don't mind that um Actually, Kyler Murray for Joe Burrow. I, I love that trade, if you can get that done. Um, I'm actually someone who drafted Kyler in one of my leagues, and it's a league that I'm fighting for the playoffs in, and I just don't, I mean, like like you just said, I mean, even if I if I get to Week 14 and I have to play Kyler, you know, against New England, that's just going to be a hesitant matchup. Um, he's obviously dealing with the injury now as well. So he is tough because trading him away right now is going to be tough for you. But, um, you know, if you have a good roster and you feel like you can make a championship run, just go ahead and do it. You know, he has the hamstring issue. Hamstrings don't just go away, you know, completely. So I'd imagine his running ability is going to be limited at least for the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, that's the other part that we don't like. Hamstring injuries for running quarterbacks, especially in Kyler's case, is that's going to severely hamper his, uh, you know, his ability to do what makes him good. So, not not loving uh, his prospects at the moment, especially with the tough matchups in the playoff slate. Uh, my next guy pains me a little bit. We recommended trading for him quite a few times this year, but another, another guy here where the matchups really tell you the story. That's Josh Jacobs starting in week 14. We have at the Rams. They are a top 10 unit against fantasy running backs versus New England. Uh, they are just inside the top 10. Not the not the scariest matchup in the world, but, again, a game you can see being pretty low scoring. Week 16 at Pittsburgh. They have actually been a pretty friendly matchup, but, uh, this defense is a lot different with T.J. Watt in the fold. Assuming he's still healthy, that's going to be a tough go. And then Week 17 versus San Francisco, another top five defense against fantasy running backs. So really uh, disappointing this this ending to the season Josh Jacobs has, especially because we've recommended him so much. But maybe you can capitalize on his value now and uh, get out from under him if you're in a redraft league. If you're in a keeper or a dynasty, I would just hang on to him because I like the player a lot. But redraft, maybe try to pivot to uh, – you Know a Derrick Henry if you can potentially,
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, th- this does pain me a little bit because I've been really high on Josh Jacobs even going into the you know preseason, and I've actually tried to trade for Josh Jacobs in really every league and I've been unsuccessful, but I'm, I'm gonna lay off of that now just for these, you know, for these matchups in particular. And again, if you're someone who wants to trade for Josh Jacobs, you can use this to your advantage. Um, if you're someone who is rearing up for a playoff run, you could potentially trade Josh Jacobs for another RB one with a better matchup for the playoffs. I think you got to do that. I mean, the Rams are going to be tough to get you in. Then you're going to New England at Pittsburgh, and then San Francisco. And you just, you always have the Derek Carr Raider factor where they could just completely dud on any given week. So I think I'm selling on Josh Jacobs right now as you're gearing up for the playoffs. If you are, you know, secure in your spot and you don't have to win the next couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, I would agree. That is just a really tough road that he has there. Uh, He's going to be, he's going to have to really turn it on himself uh, to to make this happen, get some touchdown luck in those weeks. I can't imagine his efficiency is going to be through the roof. Uh, My last guy here is the wide receiver room. Uh, Cody, I I don't know if you've noticed, but I have not mentioned Denver other than the one game against Kyler, and I I told you to avoid them. Well, that is because one team plays them twice. That is the Kansas City Chiefs. So our guy to to trade away here is Juju Smith-Schuster. Starting in week 14, he plays at Denver, as I mentioned. Week 15 at Houston. That's not bad, but you would not imagine that uh, Kansas City is going to have to throw the ball 40 times in that game. They seem to just go ahead and do that anyway. Every time I I say they might not have to, but uh, that Houston defense has been giving it up to the running back position and not so much to the other side just because of how easy it is to run on them. First Seattle is not a horrible matchup. Their secondary is pretty good, but their offense has been uh, good enough to put pressure on teams to throw the ball. So I don't worry about that one very much. But then if you get to the championship game, you have another matchup against Denver. So, Two out of four of those weeks against Denver for the wide receiver position, especially someone like Juju that, um, you know, is not an elite separator. I would be kind of worried about him. I might try to capitalize on his value. Uh, If he comes back healthy maybe in a week or two, shows up well, then uh, I would try try to get rid of him at that point.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one as well. Um, play if if any of these guys that we mentioned play Denver, I mean, I think they're they're listed in almost every single one of our bad matchups. Or I guess both Kyler and Juju, but right. I, I I do not want to have to play Denver. They are the best defense in the NFL. They stop the run. They have elite cornerbacks. I you do not want to be playing against Denver in your matchup. Um, it just, and their
0: offense puts no pressure on the other exactly. offense to continue scoring points into the exactly. second half. Yeah, so it's just Chiefs, a very bad combination.
1: Even the Chiefs game against Denver could end up 17-3, 17-7, 17-10, whatever. Just because, one, we've already uh, kind of agreed the Chiefs somewhat play down to their level of competition. They don't blow out you know teams that they probably should. And Denver's defense is just so freaking good. So, I mean, they're like the Chiefs aren't going to be able to run it up against them anyway. So, um, I, I agree with you there. Juju, really any Chiefs option, um, you know, if you could trade away Tony like we described you know, in the, the trade earlier, if you can maximize on his value, especially off of last week, and if Juju's out maybe off this upcoming week, absolutely do so. I, I want zero part of Denver in my playoff schedule.
0: Okay, Cody, we've hit the trade for trade away uh, segment pretty hard the past couple of weeks, but I just want to get a little one in here before uh, a lot of teams have week 11 trade deadlines. If you do, by the way, move it back. It should not have stayed where it was when uh, the schedule was shorter. Yep. So it should be in week 12. <coughs> excuse me. Week 12 or week 13 now. So move it back. It makes it more fun and uh, allows more people to, you know, get into the trade market uh, <coughs> because they know where they stand. But anyway um, – just in case you are not one of those leagues. I have a few guys here I just want to mention that are kind of uh, you know hot topics right now in the fantasy community. Cody, give me 15 to 20 seconds on each one, just uh, whether you would be trading for or trading away these guys based on their value right now. So we're going to start out with Justin Fields.
1: Yeah, Justin Fields, for me, I just think he has a tough matchup, Philadelphia and Buffalo. And um, the issue with the Bears defense is they put no pressure on on the offense, so um, I do love fields. You can get an absolute haul for him, so I would at least explore it. If you're not getting the extreme value that I think you can, I'm just holding on to the asset at this point, but I would consider it. James Conner. James Conner I'm holding. Um, I think they, they, trade, or they let go of B, Eno Benjamin. This is his backfield. Kyler Murray's banged up, so he's not going to be running around as much. I love James Conner rest of season. Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard's a little bit difficult because I ultimately, if you want to trade him away, I think it's going to be difficult because Zeke's always going to be there. Um, for me, I have Tony Pollard. He's just a hold, and you kind of just have to hope either Zeke gets injured or he emerges. Um, if you can get value for him, I don't mind moving off of him, but I wouldn't go out and trade for him at this point.
0: Chris Saleve. Now that uh, Andy Dalton has been named the starter at least for this week, seems like they might just ride with him the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, I hate to see that, but his playoff matchup, as we discussed, is absolutely elite. And um, there's, I think they will go back to Jameis, whether that's you know. N- after this week or maybe a couple of weeks down the road. Um, but ultimately, I love the player. I love the situation. He's really the only guy that they can, you know, hyper-target. Um, so I think I think Chris Olave is a trade four. Um, if I had him on my roster I'm holding or if someone wants to come get him, they're going to have to pay me a premium. But um, I, I think Olave is definitely a buy candidate if you can get him.
0: And then this last guy doesn't really show up in a lot of the uh, you know buy or sell segments that I've seen so far this week, but I think he's kind of an interesting one. That's Tyler Higby. Uh, so my my narrative here that I want you to comment on is just. Obviously, with Cooper Cup going down, he's going to be much more important. He's going to be hyper-targeted, but this Rams offense could just completely shut down without Cooper Cup moving the ball down the field. So, I think you could kind of go both ways with this. He might have his highest value right now, again, if this Rams offense just shows to be completely inept. What do you think?
1: 100% sell Tyler Higby. Um, I picked him up in a couple different leagues just for that ability right there maybe wait and see if you can't get what you want for him right now. But if he has a big game next game without Cooper Cup there, especially in PPR leagues where maybe he doesn't do a lot, but just gets a lot of targets and receptions, uh, immediate sell if you can. I, I would not be buying him because, like you said, there could be a chance where, you know, if if Matthew Stafford's elbow hurts and he wants to get surgery, they could just set him down and have him get the surgery at some point if they're not, you know, at a good spot for a playoffs uh, chance. So, um, you know, again, hold for me if you can if you have them. But if someone's willing to pay up for them, sell them. And if uh, uh, if he had a good week this upcoming week, the first week without Cup being there, I would immediately try to uh, capitalize on the value.
0: Yeah, go ahead and get in the uh, the DMs of the, the Dallas Goddard owner. Potentially, they could exactly. uh, you know yeah. be desperate right now.
1: For sure. uh, okay,
0: so that is our trade for trade away and playoff primer. Schedule uh, update there. Hopefully, that helped you guys out. Target some of these guys and maybe target some of these guys to trade away as well if uh, you have them in any of your teams. Let's go ahead and get into the Thursday night preview. This one should be pretty quick. There's not that many fantasy relevant players, probably only one real discussion to have on Green Bay's side in the wide receiver room, but we'll get to the best bets before we do that. I actually like my pick quite a bit in this one. That's Tennessee plus three and a half. Surprise! very surprised to see them getting three and a half points in this one. Seems like quite the reaction to Green Bay's game against Dallas last week, even though, you know, for about 40 minutes of that game, Green Bay looked basically like the team we've seen all year, Uh, had, you know, a nice fourth quarter and won it in overtime. So credit where credit is due. But uh, again, seems like Seems, it seems like this line would have been much closer to even maybe even on Tennessee's side if uh, Green Bay had lost that game so I'd be taking Tennessee in the points and I'd take under 41 here I think both teams want to run the ball a ton we're gonna yeah. not you know not gonna see a ton of pass attempts that clock's gonna be moving so I'm just uh, I'm taking the under and Cody has been hammering this all year primetime unders have been hitting and this game just really profiles as one that will hit uh, even regardless of the prime time you know trend that we have seen so far so With that in mind, uh, my best bets... Are again always really tough to do when we have games like this where I expect the score to be low. So, my first one is just the Titans plus three and a half. I want to reemphasize that uh, I'd put my confidence level at an eight out of ten, it's one of my higher ones of the year on Thursday night. Uh, I would go ahead and take the Titans and the points and be uh, pretty confident in that three and a half number, especially if you can get the hook on there. I've seen it at three and three and at three in some books, three and a half in others. Look for three and a half, that hook often, uh, oftentimes ends up winning it for you. But, uh, my next one. Is uh, my long shot parlay of this group. Actually, I do have a longer shot later on, but this is more. That one's just more of a gut call. Uh, but this one is just playing into my narrative of the Titans winning this game and uh, this under hitting. That's Titans first half uh, to win, Titans over two and a half total touchdowns. That's going to be the tough one, but uh, at plus 1,300, we like this bet, and then under 41. So we need the Titans to win the first half, Titans to score three total touchdowns on the game, and then the under 41 to hit. We're looking at maybe a 20, uh, 21-17 type of game here, and you're going to hit at plus 1,300 if you get that out of the Titans. I like it. Uh, how do you feel about that one, Cody?
1: Yeah, I, I don't mind that at all actually. Um, I, I do want to give a take real quick. I know we're kind of moving through this a little bit quicker, but this is, this is absolute like just public reaction and Vegas taking advantage of public reaction. So last week I was on Green Bay plus five because everyone was on Dallas, so Vegas always finds a way to get their money. Now this, I can't believe it's three and a half. That just changes everything. <laughs> they put that in there. Um, not for Tennessee, like now I'm even more, my confidence level would be even higher. Now that the public saw Green Bay beat Dallas in prime time pretty much because that window is basically prime time even though it's not. The public's now back on Green Bay. They're already one of the more public teams anyway. This is Vegas just soaking up that Green Bay love. You've got to take Tennessee plus three and a half.
0: Yeah, I like that line quite a bit as well. My last best bet is, this is just Nick making a gut call here. That's a Robert Woods first touchdown scorer. We love the first touchdown scorer bets. They're always really fun to track, to throw, you know, 10, 20 bucks on them and, uh, you know, cross your fingers. But I feel like he's due for one, and I feel like the Titans are going to win this game, so why not? I'm going to go ahead and take Robert Woods to score the first touchdown. You get that at plus 1,700 for, you know, the best pass catcher on Tennessee, probably, or at least the most targeted one, so... Um, I I like that line, and I'm gonna just uh, you know cross my fingers and hope this one works out.
1: Yep, I'm all, I'm also just gonna throw out there Christian Watson is plus 1,200. Tennessee does like to give up the deep pass, which is what his specialty is. So there could be a potential of a Tennessee deep pass touchdown to start the game as well. So even if you just do Robert Woods and Christian Watson, you know both are over plus 1,000. So. Um, I, I just, if Christian Watson scores the first touchdown and I bet on it, he might be my favorite NFL player right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: See, I, I didn't want to put him in here just because it seemed a little too narrative but I was also surprised to see the line not move that much. It seems like, you know, people would have just bet that down a little farther just because of the hype on Christian Watson, but uh, it's actually not that bad of a line right now. Uh, The actual game preview uh, is pretty easy, especially on the Tennessee side. You're starting Derrick Henry, and that's about it. Ryan Tannehill with all of these quarterbacks out this week on bye is probably a two QB starter, but that's about it. Keep keep stashing Traylon Burks, and uh, we are not chasing Nick Westbrooks and Keeney's big week from last week at all. So, Though Derek Henry is the only guy we're confidently starting on the Titans, uh, do you want to add anything on them, or can we get to Green Bay?
1: Nope. Let's just get to Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is a fine
0: streamer this week. I'm hoping we can do better again. This game script really worries me. I legitimately think there could be you know 35 to 40 passes thrown in this game, and we could have this one done in about two and a half hours because of the way these two teams want to play. Uh, would you rather play Aaron Rodgers in this matchup or Daniel Jones against the Lions at home?
1: Yeah, I got to take Daniel Jones against the Lions, and this is just a weird philosophy I have. If I'm streaming quarterbacks and it's not a good matchup, I don't like playing them on Thursday Night Football. I just think it's it's a it's a good way to you know feel like you're going to lose your week before it even begins. If Aaron Rodgers goes up there, puts up 200 yards and one touchdown you're going to feel like you're probably not winning your week already, which is just not a good feeling. Like I said in our review show, if you played Aaron Rodgers last week, you probably shouldn't have. I mean, he's a mid-level streamer right now. They want to run the football, and he – I mean, he was yelling at his coach because his coach wanted an aggressive play at one point against the Dallas game. So even Aaron Rodgers himself doesn't want to be chucking the ball a lot. I – if you are an Aaron Rodgers truther, you love the guy, and you're just going to play him no matter what, do you. I'm not going to convince you otherwise. If you're logical about this, Aaron Rodgers is not a good fantasy football quarterback. I'm going to take Daniel Jones. He has the better matchup. He has the better rushing upside. The issue is he may not throw touchdowns, which sucks. But, I again, I'm just one of those guys I don't like losing my week on Thursday or at least feeling like I did.
0: Yeah, I would take Daniel Jones as well. I just think there's a lot more potential in that Detroit Lions game. Four points on both sides, really. Uh, Aaron Jones, we're starting him. It's a tough matchup. The Tennessee defense has been very, very tough against running backs this year, but uh, he's too good to sit. The the conversation I want to have is about the wide receivers, Cody. Uh, I know you're really hot and bothered by your man Christian Watson right now, but... I still think Alan Lazard is going to be the guy you want rest of season. Probably going to score uh, you know, some more consistent fantasy points for you. Won't have the bigger weeks. But uh, Watson does profile slightly better in this game specifically. Tennessee does like to give up the deep ball, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, so which one would you play this week if you had to choose? Half PDR. Oh, I do have to choose.
1: That's a really specific question. Uh, I'm going Christian Watson. I, I just... I, and I, I'm 1,000% biased. I have Lazard in the league that I'm playing Nick in, so that's why he asked me. Um, I just – last week really got me you know, in love with him. And I just – when I'm watching the Packers, when he has been out there, they have wanted to get him involved. He's just been dealing with injuries. So um, I like Watson. This Thursday with the matchup against Tennessee, I would play Watson over Lazard. I am personally playing Watson over Lazard. But I think both these guys are in a similar category. Lazard may be a little bit safer. I feel like he maybe has the safer floor. Watson with the way higher ceiling. But overall, I don't think there's a wide gap between the two. They're relatively similar probably ranking-wise.
0: Yeah, I think he hit the nail on the head with that last point there. I would probably cop out if somebody asked me. I would just say it's going to really depend on your situation. If you are favored to win your matchup and you just need some guaranteed points on Thursday, I'm probably going Alan Lazard. If you need to hit the home run, we're going Christian Watson. But uh, Christian Watson, much like much more likely to give you a 2-for-30 game. Uh, and Alan Lazard's you know bad game might, might look more something like a 5-for-60. So. That's just uh, the type of two, the type of players these guys are consider your situation and make your decision based on that.
1: For sure.
0: I think that's going to wrap it up for uh, the Thursday night matchup. Cody, uh, do you have anything else that you want to add or can we get out of here?
1: No, we can get out of here. I, I just If you are considering playing Robert Tanyan, I would just take a look at what other tight end options are out there since we have him listed here. I think he is a streamable option, but this week against Tennessee, you probably don't want to play him. So um, I would just take a look. Like we've described, this game is probably going to be a lot of running the football. So um, if you were planning on rolling with Tanyan, just see what else is out there. If, if there's nothing else but a tight end or, or – or a, a touchdown or bust tight end, then maybe just roll with them. But I would at least check the waiver wire. Yeah,
0: I think there are better options, even in the the tight end or the touchdown or bust tight end category. To be honest, uh, with Christian Watson emerging, this low volume pass offense uh, already feeding two wide receivers, it's just tough for Tanya to have any sort of consistent role. You're looking for a you know two catches, twenty yards, and a touchdown out of him. Basically, I think we can do better than that.
1: For sure, no, I agree with you, man. Let's let's wrap it up here. Got it done pretty quickly, just under forty five minutes. Uh, if you have any trade or you know playoff start set, any kind of thing, any kind of questions or sur- around fantasy football surrounding it, uh, shoot us a DM. Hit us up on socials. You know we're checking those, making sure if we're helping out anybody. Uh, but besides that, Nick, do you have any other last words of wisdom before we head out of here? I don't think so, bud. Just uh, be on the lookout for our uh, full week 11 preview that'll come out probably Saturday morning.
0: We'll most likely record Friday night. Uh, So yeah, be on the lookout for that and the red hot best bet segment. Another five in one week last week, Cody. Uh, I hope you have some more stats lined up for us about how good we are. I really liked when you uh, laid those out for us. It made me feel pretty uh, pretty good going into the best bet segment, and it, it, it kept the fire rolling, so you should yeah, probably until, uh, do that one again.
1: Until it turns around, we're bringing them stats out because those stats are on fire. <laughs> I Actually, I'm going to just tell a little funny story. If you don't care, you can turn off the podcast, but this is awesome. I think Nick will enjoy it. So one of my old managers at work, I ran into him and we're friends on Facebook and he was talking to me. He's like, how's the podcast going? Yada, yada, yada. And I told him, I was like, it's good. We do fantasy football. You know, we do actually put out best bets over the weekend as well. And he goes, oh, do we need to do like um, some gambling counseling or anything like that? I said, not this year. Not this year at all. We're on an yes. absolute heater. Yeah. So we we are good. We need, we need no counseling this year. People should be getting counseling from us so that way they can get out of their betting lows. But uh, that was just – it was funny. It made him laugh. But, um, no, we, we are on a hot streak there. That will probably come out Sunday morning. If you don't have the time to listen to the podcast, I do directly post the actual pics to social media. So if you just want to ride with us without having to listen because it's Sunday morning, you got church, you got other stuff going on, I get it. Just check it out. It usually comes out 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning, so just be on the lookout for that. But besides that, Nick, good recording with you, man. Let's head out of here. Peace out, everybody. See you guys.